Welcome to Sports Buds Hockey Podcast, where we discuss the ins and outs of all things hockey and where everyone's perspective is appreciated. Please welcome your hosts, Merrick Zemp and Colin Simpson. Hello and welcome to Sports Buds Hockey Podcast, episode number 15. My name is Merrick Zemp and with me as always is Colin Simpson. How are you doing tonight, Sips? Doing good, Mab. Doing good. How about yourself? Absolutely fantastic. I'll tell you why when we get there. So, Tonight, we're going to continue on with our playoff reviews. Uh, where are the teams at? Where are some of the series at at this point? It's been a few days, so now there's been a few more games for most teams. And we can carry on and make sure that uh, that we're updating you guys on where all the series are at and where we think it's going to finish at this point. So we'll start right at the top, best team in the league. Uh, I was tied 1-1, I think, the last time we talked. Boston and Florida. What's the last couple games look like, Sims? Yep, so Florida had last kind of won their game to show that they weren't going to just be steamrolled but unfortunately since then you know the predictions have kind of come true and boston's shown their dominance and have won the last couple so i don't really see this probably going much more than one or two games well that's it i mean uh they may put up a fight one more time win another one and boston wins it in six but it wouldn't surprise me at all if these guys are done in five as well um Boston is showing at this point the the team. They're getting uh, goal scoring from everywhere. They're getting a little bit of everything. Even without some of their players, they're still getting scoring enough from everywhere to to continue on with this. So I agree. Uh, I think just about everybody and their dog picked uh, picked Boston in this one, so I'm pretty sure it's, uh, it's going to carry on as expected. Next series up is Carolina and the New York Islanders. Same thing here. A bit of a fight back from New York. Kind of got back to their home ice. Showed their own dominance, getting 5-1. Yes, I think it was still only like 2-1 right near the end of the game. and They potted a bunch in the last three, four minutes, so it maybe looked a little worse than it really was. Then they go back to Carolina, I believe. Oh, no, second game in New York. And then uh, Carolina just showed that they have more depth and could continue to outscore the Islanders. If you would ask me before these playoffs started – which team would score the fastest four goals in NHL history? I can guarantee you I would have picked I would have picked several teams that didn't make the playoffs before I would have picked the Islanders, I think. So a bit of a shocking stat there, like you said in that one game. Other than that, it's been exactly what uh, some of us predicted. Uh, next one up is the New Jersey Devils and the Rangers. So when we uh, our last episode, it was 1-1 New Jersey and New York uh, when we wrapped up. Uh, that one ended up 5-1 for the Rangers, uh, but New Jersey has battled back to to win the next one 2-1. So they are in the series, but it is 2-1 Rangers. Yeah, the scoreline definitely makes it look like it's a bit bigger blowout of a series so far. Obviously, two wins by the Rangers, 5-1 each, and Jersey just squeaking an overtime one. But I think the games are a bit closer than that actually is saying. So I think Jersey's still got a chance. That youth will keep them in every game. They're never going to stop trying. They're never going to realize they're kind of out or outmatched. They don't care that youthful uh, exuberance will keep them in the games and the skill level. So I think it's going to continue to be a good series. I don't think it'll get closed out four to one. I think that one will definitely get in about six. Yeah, I think that one's going to be a good series, probably pretty long as well. So uh, looking forward to continuing on with that one. And then for all our Canadian fans out East, they're one shining star, the Toronto Maple Leafs. When we uh, wrapped up on Thursday, they were well ahead of Tampa Bay, uh, really kind of getting their dominance back after losing the first game 7-3. So that one ended up 7-2, and then they won the next one in overtime. 
Yep, definitely uh, in that second game, obviously, they put up quite a few, took advantage of both Chernak and Hedman out. And then we weren't sure if those guys were going to be back for game three. It looks like Chernak was not, Hedman was, and played quite a few minutes. So obviously, in injury, not too, too bad. However, they did have the lead, I think, and then Toronto was able to battle back and, and win it, I think, in overtime as well. Yep, yep, well, there's lots right. of There's lots of, lots of parades happening, I saw online, obviously, after that, saying that they, they're now the team that can battle the adversity and so that. So we'll see. Still early. You're up 2-1. That's great. But I think they don't want to get ahead of themselves. Did you happen to see the uh, first ever fight by Austin Matthews? I did not. I did not. Oh, you're going to want to Google that. It is quite impressive. I know uh, the Stu Grimsons uh, are, are out there just lucky that Austin Matthews didn't play in their time. Did he fight his mustache stylist? Pretty much. That's what it looked like. Him and Stamkos. It was uh, it was quite the quite the entertaining affair actually, but uh, yeah they're up to one uh, like you said a little bit of adversity so it is nice to to see if they actually will continue on this next game I mean game four is always pivotal right so we'll see if that continues on and if they push forward and uh, and get another win and go up three one it would be a, a big thing for them although uh, I hate to beat a dead horse but it's not the first time they've been up three one even if they do win it so. We'll have to we'll have to see how that one closes out. Uh, next one, we'll go over to the Western Conference. So we got number one seed Vegas Golden Knights in Winnipeg. Winnipeg, obviously, with the shocker in Game One, uh, winning five one. But since then, it looks like Vegas has kind of rebounded and and returned to form. Again, I think I spoke about it last time. Uh, consistency can be very important in these uh, series. So yes, that big win by Winnipeg is nice. It's keeping them in the series. Not like Vegas is dominating amazingly. Like five four win is not exactly. I believe. I believe that was double overtime as well for that. So it was, uh, yeah, definitely a close one. Anybody's game, but the team with more depth in those type of series tend to hang on to those type of wins. Well, you get that guy right. It's not always your your number one superstar. It can be the other guy. Whoever, it can be the unsung defenseman, whoever that ends up potting that goal. And yeah, that's where you can see a little bit of a skill jump in and whatever. I did hear for this one too that Morrissey is out. Uh, I don't know if it's for the round or for the whole playoffs. So that's obviously a big, big, big hole to fill on on Winnipeg's blue line as well. And that's realistically, that's offense and defense for that position. Next up, we've got Colorado Avalanche and the Seattle Kraken. So uh, once again, Seattle comes out strong, uh, wins the first game. And since then, we've got a couple of uh, fairly solid Colorado wins. And I think that's kind of showing the pattern we spoke about, that that first game is kind of a really your best game to try to steal. And then after that, you know, whether it's a team takes you too lightly or they're just not really prepared because maybe they didn't have as much to play for down the uh, stretch. It's hard to say, but I find that's when it happens. And now you start to see the consistency the uh, little more depth of the teams, a little more skill level, and they start to win more games and get on a bit of a roll. And then that's usually when they end up being like a four, one series. Yep. And I mean, you got to say Seattle is uh, obviously quite happy just to get there. Um, Really made the most of it winning that first game and then went from there. And if all they do is get one win this year, that's still a lot further than I think most people would have picked for them. So Uh, next one up is Dallas and Minnesota. Uh, there was a big, uh, it was one, one at the time, a big win by Dallas. And then the next game, I believe they went back to Gustafson and net over flurry, a big win by Minnie, And then 
this uh, the game tonight, 3-2 for Dallas. So this one's tied at this point. Yeah, we definitely didn't hear why they made that strange goaltending move, but going back to Gustafson made sense. They do get the win, quite a strong win. Tonight's win by Dallas, a little controversial. I just kind of rewatched a couple of the clips of the penalties that people were complaining about. And I saw just the second one that was really questionable on a, was it Felino? I think it was. He threw a hit on a guy. The guy kind of got out of his way, kind of hit Felino in the face. More one of those ones you just call like two guys just colliding poorly. They both kind of went down. Neither one gained an advantage and somehow he got a tripping call. So if that's the one that got scored on, it was kind of a bad way to end it, I guess. But at the end of the day, happens nonstop in these games and you just got to take advantage of your opportunities. The fact is those kind of plays happen all the time in every in every league all over the place, but the games aren't that important. So nobody really worries about it as much. Nobody, you know, digs in as much. All that stuff is nobody's analyzing it quite to the same degree. So yeah, it's pretty tough that way. You kind of just got to ride with it and see what happens. Uh and then the last series tonight, I uh, just watched it just finished Edmonton and LA. Uh Huge, huge win by Edmonton tonight after losing in overtime 3-2. Talking about calls and talking about how it goes. uh, The the high stick that wasn't called in overtime um, last uh, two nights ago that, or or, sorry, the, what looked to be a high stick for would have knocked the, killed the play. And then obviously they've ruled that it didn't. Uh, And then tonight uh, LA came out just flying three, nothing. Edmonton stormed back to tie it at three in the second period. And then a big, big comeback again after LA scored. Edmonton tied it and then won in overtime. So huge thing to try to tie the series at two, uh, heading back to Edmonton. Yeah, it definitely felt like LA had a lot of the momentum. Uh, I watched that game, the last game with the uh, overtime call. I definitely think it was a high stick. And based on the rule, it should have been ended. But that being said, I didn't even know that was something reviewable. I thought it was a stupid thing to review. I, I can't believe that's even reviewable. Like there is way too, the whole offside thing is already tough enough for me to watch where a guy goes in and offside and like 22 minutes a cycle later, they say that you can't score. But that one there that really, it's not like he high sticked it into the net. It's not like he high sticked it over to the guy who scored. It just hit his stick. Like he didn't even high stick it. It literally just goes up and he's just got a stick in the air. It hits the tip of the stick and falls down. He doesn't even know where the puck is after. So by the rule of the play, absolutely should have been no goal. But do I think that was a a horrible ruling? And I think that should be looked at in the NHL. You're already making it tough enough to score. And you could look at every play then. Oh, the ref should have called this then 10 minutes ago. So that shouldn't count. So I, I definitely didn't like the call. And I hope they get rid of those type of picky things. Because I don't think that's a true type of call-off type play. Yeah, I, I I think I want more clarification on it. And this is an Edmonton fan anyway. like Because I that stuff drives me nuts. Like you said, when it's a minute and a half later, and they've been cycling in that end, but then you could go and say, well, when they entered the zone, they were offside. Like, I mean... I get it when it's immediately preceding the goal or, you know, the offside is right before the guy came in offside and then he scored. Like, realistically, it probably doesn't affect the play even most of the time, but it could. So I can I can understand why that would be important, but even those get to be a bit much. But, yeah, this one was – it's tough. I heard – I think the rule is everything for overtime goals uh, has to be reviewed, but I don't know what their list is to look for. Like you said, what if there was a tripping call? What if there was a high stick somewhere else? What if there was like 
where are the rules, right? A hand pass somewhere out by the blue line way before the play. Like, yeah, I mean, how do you how do you decide what to do with that? But the, but the big one here. Oh, sorry. I was going to say that's a big problem for me, though, with the overtime concept. Because how do you dictate the overtime goals any more important than a goal earlier that when I made you not go to overtime? Mm-hmm. 100%. You know, people always think to themselves, well, the important time, important goals are the overtime goals. But it's maybe not. So I don't think then every goal should have these crazy reviews and look across and go, did anybody do anything wrong during that time? Did it hit a stick on the bench? Did it brush off something off the bench? That's what the refs are there for, to make the call in that moment. Well, so and it's that's over, over, over analyzed, I think, in that one. Well, and you can look at it towards uh, what soccer gets like, right? Where they had the the machine was actually making the calls to a certain extent. And yeah, we're not there. Like, so. But the the beauty of this is it's uh, tied at two. It was looking pretty dire there for Edmonton. Uh, with down 3 nothing and down 2-1 in the series, it was uh, definitely a, a nervous first intermission, I think, for most Edmonton Oilers fans. And so now it's nice to be going back uh, – Going back tied at two, and then they just got to play hard because LA is there to, to play. So, I mean, it's not going to be an easy series, and I think we all knew that going in. So, I think big advantage to Edmonton, not just the fact that they're going home and they get two out of the three games at home, is the fact that uh, Jack Campbell coming in is now looking like he'll probably take the net, and that kind of sucks for Skinner in a sense, but also means he's a lot fresher going into mm-hmm. what could be a seven-game series. And Corpus has been playing a lot. And even that last goal, Hyman's goal was not a nice goal. That's a no. goal and a guy who just played, you know, four straight games and getting like 40 pucks per game on net. You know, the guy has played a lot of hockey in seven to eight days and he made a save like that. So how is he going to be in game six, five, six, and seven? Is yeah. he going to have enough in the tank to be able to hold off that offensive team? Well, and the thing is, a lot of people don't realize as a goalie, um, it's not just the saves you make. Like he goes down and makes a save every time there's a shot, whether it's blocked, whether it gets deflected, whether it goes wide, like he's making a save on every one of those or he's trying to, right? And so it's not even just, yeah, just the ones that actually hit him for 40 shots. It's the fact that, you know, 35 other ones that he went down didn't get there. And so, yeah, like you said, uh, Edmonton's been putting a lot of, a lot of pucks at the net and really pushing hard. So I'm sure that he's getting tired. So, Yeah, you make a good point there because in the age we're in now where so many butterfly goalies, you have to remember they spend so much time up, down, up, down, up, down when the puck hasn't even come near the net. So if there's just even offensive pressure or offensive zone time, they spend a lot of time exuding energy up and down, moving around, whereas back in the day, a lot of guys just stayed stand-up. So if you're not hitting the net... I didn't have to do much. I just slid left and right, more or less. Covered some angles. Yeah. So you're right. That adds up when you're just getting an offensive team coming at you all the time. Like, and so, because you're right, a, a few of the goals on him have definitely looked just not as as difficult. Where saves that he made earlier in the game, now they've got an opportunity and they rip it right through him like Hyman's. So, absolutely awesome. Uh, really great. Uh, a lot of really fun series so far and really fun to watch. So, uh, hopefully, uh, you'll see that the brackets are doing okay. I had a couple of rough nights over the last week, but mostly I've been uh, not too bad since. She looks like you're doing okay too. So uh, we'll have a look at those and we'll discuss those at the end of the first round to see who's got anybody left. Yeah, it's just the Islanders killing me right now. Thanks, Islanders. <laughs> you knew they would. You knew it. 
All right, well, thank you for listening. The current episode and all previous episodes of Sports Buds Hockey Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Or you can check us out at www.sportsbuds.com or join our Facebook group, Sports Buds Hockey Podcast. Please leave a comment. Let us know what we got right, what we got wrong, and, of course, always let us know why. You'll see the the brackets will be up there on Facebook. So have a look and uh, and really see see how wrong Simpson is on several accounts. So. Don't be afraid. Let them know and uh, make sure because it's a lot of fun doing this and we definitely want to hear from you guys. So uh, thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Sims. Thanks, Bob. All right. Have a great day. <laughs>